0: Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What would you do if one day you went diving into a lake with your scuba gear, expecting to find some clams, or maybe a mermaid? Instead, you find yourself face-to-face with a floating ghost. Spooky. And then we travel to Southern California to get a little skiing in. Put those big pieces of wood on your feet. Snap on them snow goggles, and get ready to go down a mountain full of excitement, danger, and cursed boots filled with the flesh of rotting humans. This is a weird episode today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys had an excellent Halloween. we got a ton of stuff to cover. So first off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command is one of our legacy Patreon supporters. Everyone, give it up for S.E. Woohoo! Yeah, come on in, S.E. He's walking on into Dead Rabbit Command. He's got all of his recreational gear. This is a activities episode both of these stories i didn't plan it this way both of these stories are about living large and being in charge in very non-human safe environments people love doing stuff it puzzles me why people love spending time in the water because that's where people die like all the time and then people also go up mountains and, and ski which is also weird to me because snow sucks So we're going to take a look at some hostile environments to humans, and Essie, you're going to be our captain, our pilot for this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. It really, really does. Essie, let's go ahead and get this adventure started. I'm going to toss you the hair Hang Glider. Let's jump off the highest point of Dead Rabbit Command. We're going to glide all the way out to Lake Superior. Shh! Now I'm not an outdoorsy guy myself i mean i I leave my house right i'm not I'm not a hermit. I do leave my house. I don't mind being outdoors, but I don't understand why people do stuff outdoors stuff i don't under- i honestly like it's not fun to me like walking through a city is fine, but replace the city with the forest no. I don't walk in the forest. I don't. I might walk in the desert if I was ever given the opportunity to be like, "Hey Jason, you want to hang out in the desert with me?" Yeah, I'd probably do that because, like, it's far stuff. Like you can see. Jason, are you suffering from a stroke or something? This is the most incoherent episode you've ever had, and I've listened to all of them. You can when you're in the middle of a desert, you can see in all directions. You can go, "Oh, look at that's all flat and stuff," and then there's some mountains way over there. You can't get snuck up on. There's no, like, bobcats. Maybe there's a lynx up in the hills, but I'm not there. Like, I'm in the middle of the desert. Got a bunch of water, right? I know how to prepare. You get some water. You get some clothes. But you also have to have You have to have to warm clothes for night. Otherwise, you'll freeze to death. But in the daytime, you just wear your shorts. <laughs> Jason, you are so horribly unprepared, and you might be having a stroke as well. Cause just none of this is making any sense. None of this is making sense. I thought we were going to Lake Superior. Why are you talking about walking through the desert? You would wear... I don't think I'd be in shorts in the middle of the desert. (laughs) You're like, are we still on the desert thing? I don't think I'd wear shorts in the middle of the desert because I'd get sunburned, and that would be miserable. But, like, you wear pants. You wear, like, regular human clothes. And then you walk, and then it gets super cold at night, so then you got to put on, like, a jacket. So you don't freeze to death. And then... The next morning, you take your jacket off, you tie it around your waist, you're just sweating so much, your legs can see skinny, they're all sweaty, and then you just walk out of the desert, like, easy peasy. Forest, no. Not into hiking through forest, not into hiking through wilderness. So when we're going to take a look at some activities this episode, and again, I didn't plan it this way, just when I was doing the intro, I go, oh, that's... This is, this is a themed episode! Jason stroked the episode. I thought... Why would you want to go diving? Why would you want to... I don't even understand why people go boating or water skiing or really anything. Because the water is so hostile. That's something that, for generations, people have looked at and go, uh-uh, that's super dangerous. And then other people do it all the time. I live next to a giant river. And, like, every summer, people are drowning. And I'm like, no thanks, guys. <laughs> so I'm standing in the middle of the desert and reading the newspaper. I'm like, "Tisk tisk tisk." It should have been more safe. And I... It's just awful, right? But anyways, the reason why I'm talking about this is we're going to meet some divers. We're currently on the shores of Lake Superior, and there are these dudes putting on, like, scuba gear. They got their wetsuits, zip, zip them up, put on their fins and things, and then they're jumping into the water. And we're like, hey, guys, what are you doing? Why are you jumping into the water? like Don't you know how dangerous it is? Don't you know how dangerous it is to be in the water? They're like, yeah, that's why we're wearing scuba suits, you idiot. So we don't freeze to death and we can breathe underwater in this stuff. They're jumping in the water, splashing around. And I go, those brave men and women who just jumped into the water, they are not here just to swim in the most dangerous environment on the planet. No. They are on the lookout. Well, they're also do want, they also do want to swim. They're, they love diving. But they're also searching for a sunken boat. People have been looking for this boat for decades. Will they be the ones to find it? I want to give a shout-out to Brandon Schloeb. He's one of our newest Patreon supporters, and he recommended this story. This is a really cool one. Thank you, Brandon, for sending this over. Let's go back to early December 1927. We're on Lake Superior. We're standing on the shoreline. And currently, there is this boat known as the SS Camloops. It's a Canadian lake freighter. They're loading up some final goods. Basically, the winter in this area is so bad that you want to get as many runs in, supply runs in before the winter storms make it impossible. So you had all of these ships trying to get their last loads of goods to where they're supposed to go. They're shipping stuff across Lake Superior from the United States into Canada. I don't know why they didn't just use trains. I'm sure they did use those as well. They also were using boats and stuff. So the SS Cam Loops, they're loading stuff up. They're like, get that tar up on this boat. And they're like, yes, Captain. And they're like throwing (laughs) throwing tar willy-nilly. He's like, no, you're supposed to leave it in the boxes, you buffoons. This SS Cam Loops, it had been running this circuit for quite a while. So they're used to this. And they're really trying to get in before winter gets bad. At this particular time, December 1927, it's loaded with a bunch of industrial gear. As well as Farm Supplies uh, shoes. They had a whole bunch of shoes on there. So someone really was like, "Uh, before winter hits, I I have a horrible foot fetish. And I need to have my shoes to smell. Used women's shoes. I'll buy them by the ton. SS Kamloops is like, we'll get them there, you freak. We'll get them over to you as soon as possible. They have a bunch of shoes. They have food. They have a crew of about 22 people on board. We're waving goodbye as they're steaming off. Toot, toot, it's sailing away, steaming away across Lake Superior. Now, there were a lot of boats trying to make these final runs and all of them were not prepared for a horrible winter storm that just seemed to appear out of nowhere. What we see happen is all of the other boats that were out on Lake Superior at this time get to their destination except for the SS Kamloops. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize what happened. The boat must have gone down in the storm. So on December 12th, just a couple of days after the last sighting of the Kamloops, a search begins. Can't find anything. They can't find any wreckage of the boat, but again, you have to assume that it went down. And this search continues for another 10 days. They're really trying to find this boat. And also, you know, you're looking for survivors. You figure maybe some people got stranded on an island. Maybe some people were floating around in little dinghies. But they can't find anything. No survivors, no boat, no wreckage either. The search would have continued on longer, but winter got too bad, which is what they knew was going to happen And they had to stop searching. It's not until April 1928 that they begin searching again for the wreckage and the crew of the SS Kamloops. Still, they don't find anything. They have no idea where the ship went down. But the next month, in May, bodies begin to wash up. You'd have fishermen out there on their little fishing barge, and they're like, "Ah, matey, and they're like wheeling up big old bags of fish, and there'd be a dude in it. Fishermen started finding bodies floating around. They're <laughs> like, nobody eat this batch of fish. We found a human in it. They begin finding these bodies, and they go, well, these have to be the bodies from the Kamloops. Where else would we find a bunch of bodies floating around? There was no other boat that had gone down recently. December 1928, so now we're a full year later. On the opposite side, so the last place of the SS Kamloops that we knew its location, it was headed towards Isle Royale, which is in the northwest of Lake Superior. On the opposite side of the lake, on the eastern shore of Lake Superior, there's a trapper working the forest, and he finds a message in a bottle little rolled-up piece of paper stuck in a bottle. Pulls it out, and he reads it. It's from a woman named Alice Bettridge. She had worked on the SS Kamloops. She leaves a note that says, I am the last one alive, freezing and starving to death on Isle Royale in Lake Superior. I just want Mom and Dad to know my fate. So now we can kind of figure out where the boat went down. It must have reached or at least gotten near Isle Royale. Because you had people stranded on that island. But they all died. Some must have went down with the boat. Some must have gotten to the island. But they were not found during these search efforts. We don't know exactly how long she lived. I'm freezing and starving to death on Isle Royale. The boat went down between December 5th and December 7th, is kind of what they estimated. I read a couple different... I read a couple different accounts. Um, but, so it had only been... The search, they started searching the area December 12th. So they, she'd only been there for five days. You can't really starve to death in five days. You You can definitely freeze to death in less than five days, but... Terrible, tragic. She just wanted her mom and dad to know her fate. Quite sad. So now they know where the boat went down. And the search, though, continues. People want to know why the boat went down. These boats are built. I mean, they shouldn't be out in the dead of winter. It's just so bad. But every other boat made their destination. Why did the SS Kamloops sink? And then it also just kind of became a hobby, right? It was a lost ship on Lake Superior. People tried looking for it. So that brings us to August 21st, 1977. Now we're standing on the beach and we're watching this crew of divers walk out into the water. These are a group of sport divers who are trying to find the SS Kamloops. They actually have like a grid set up and they're like searching areas over time. They found no trace of it, but they do. On August 21st, 1977, they do find it. It's northwest of Isle Royale. It's now named Kamloops Point. And that boat still sits down there. It's about 260 feet down. It's at the bottom of an underwater cliff. And you can get your scuba gear and you can go dive for it right now. (laughs) Right now in the beginning of November. Probably not recommended. I'm sure it's super cold. But you can go dive for it. It's 260 feet down. And they said you can see the boat just sitting there. And there is cargo, that poor man's precious fetish shoes are still down there. There's cargo, like, containers, like big crates strewn across the lake bed. And there's also, you can swim into the boat and you can see cargo there as well. But there's also something else you can see. Some people say it's a ghost or the rotting corpse of a man. And the cold temperatures of the lake have preserved this body fairly well over the years. They call him Old Whitey. And it's this corpse of a man with white hair. And he floats around the boat. Now, the first accounts had him floating around the engine room. And there's just this corpse kind of floating there. The divers would be like, pushing pushing them into the other divers he's like hey think fast ah you would swim around cuz you can swim through the boat you would see this corpse floating around the engine room but subsequent diving missions and then just not really missions just people hey you want to have a fun afternoon let's go uh let's go see that floating corpse other people would dive down to the cam loops and the body would be in different parts of the boat So this legend started. They go, is old Whitey down there still taking care of the old SS cam loops? He's floating around the captain's quarters. He's floating around the kitchen. He's making food. He's serving up clams. Sometimes you'll find him in the bunk room. He'll be floating among all the beds. And so it started this kind of eerie story where as a... Skeptic would go, well, yeah, he's moving around the boat because of the currents of the water. They're obviously moving him from room to room. But then you also get to the point where there is kind of this eeriness to it because it's almost as if he's continuing to exist on this ship, trapped in between a ghost form and a physical form. The body's not decaying normally. But is his ghost still in it somehow I mean it's most likely just the currents floating him around but yeah they say when you go down there you don't know where he's going to be he'll just be milling about the ship and they've only recovered nine bodies apparently of the 22 and then we know old whitey's down there floating around I don't even think they ever recovered the body of Alice the girl on Isle Royale, so who knows what happened to her. And to this day, they don't know what caused the boat to sink. When they go down there and they look at it, there's not a definitive cause. It's not cracked in half. There's not cracking suction cup marks on the side of it. They don't know. But if you're in the area, or if you have a lot of money, you can fly out to the area and go diving and maybe visit Old Whitey yourself, floating around. I would say, yeah, the most likely answer, it, it is the currents of the lake moving him around. But they said, yeah, people have said they've gone down there and it looks like he's just laying in bed. Just laying there. And then other times you go down there and he's floating around the engine room again. So SE, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind Lake Superior. Take us all the way out to Southern California. (laughs) This story is another recommendation from a longtime supporter of Dead Rabbit Radio, Ampus Allen. Ampus Allen sent us a ton of stuff over the years, and this one is equally weird. It makes you really ask the question, how do curses work? Let's take a look at this. This is a really interesting one. Greg used to work at a ski rental store, ski rental location, somewhere in Southern California. It seems to be, wasn't able to get a specific location, but it seems to be near the San Bernardino Mountains. There's this ski rental store. Greg's working at the ski resort, and a young woman walks in with a pair of ski boots. She sets them on the desk. She goes, hey, you won't believe what happened. You will not believe what happened. And she starts telling this story and Greg's just like, Okay, I mean I guess that's possible, right? What sure, that, anything can happen on the mountain. But after the customer leaves, one of Greg's coworkers says, Yep. That's kind of what I expected when they uh checked out these boots. Coworker takes the boots away and puts them in the back room. Greg's like, what wait, well what do you mean like that's what you expected was gonna happen and the coworker goes, those boots, those boots are cursed. So this is the story that was told to Greg. Back in the 1980s, it was ski season. And everyone was coming out to go skiing. And this first man definitely did go to Snow Valley in the San Bernardino Mountains. We know that for sure. This guy comes in and he rents out an entire set of snow gear. So he got the skis, he got the boots, all that stuff, and he's getting ready to go skiing. It's a rental place, so he pays the money, and then he'll bring them back. But he doesn't bring them back on time. And then the workers at the shop, because, you know, they're waiting to... That's kind of how rentals work, right? You're supposed to get your gear back. You can rent to someone else. They learn... That the guy who rented out all that gear has gone missing. They don't think it's he wanted the gear he took at home. They realize he went up on the mountain and something bad must have happened. So they're probably never going to see that gear again. The next year, month of April, a sheriff's deputy pulls up outside the ski rental place and he walks in and drops off the rented gear. What? this stuff went missing last year the cop says yeah we found the guy what it looks like is he was up on the mountain and a fog bank rolled in and he didn't know where he was going he was lost he ended up skiing off a cliff here's your boots back and when the officer dropped the boots off the employees at the time they looked at him and they go dude this is is super creepy Like The last time these boots were on was they were on a dead person. And they also noticed, it appeared to be, if you looked in the boots, you could see little bits of quickly thawing pieces of flesh stuck to the sides of these boots. Now, not a lot. It didn't look like a straight-up hot dog sleeve, but there was enough to make you uncomfortable (laughs) any amount of human flesh. Rotting in a pair of boots is too much, but... They go, "Should we just throw these away?" And the boss in typical Scrooge McDuck fashion goes, "Absolutely not. We're going to keep those boots. But throw them in the sump pile. Apparently that's a thing. The sump pile is all the gear that's all the gear that's full of rotting flesh. It's all the gear that's not the best gear. You throw it in the back so if it ever gets so busy we run out of stuff." We'll start going into the sump pile and renting stuff out of there. So, whatever. Boss wants us to do that. What are the chances of these boots ever leaving the place again? They throw them in the sump pile. A year later, it's Easter break. The ski rental store business is booming. Everyone's swinging by the ski rental shop. They actually rent out all of their boots. They're now pulling boots out of the sump pile. And this guy gets the boots, rents some poles, takes off. Doesn't return the gear. The next day, Mountain Ambulance Squad swings by the ski rental store. They drop off the poles that he rented, all of the stuff he rented, and the boots. Drop them on the counter and say, hey, yeah. Guy couldn't return them himself, so we're returning them for you. And everyone's like, not everyone (laughs) knew about the decaying flesh. Obviously, the people that worked there the year before would remember this story about the boots that had previously been on a dead body for months. The new hires would just be like, it's just a pair of boots, but this is how this legend starts. The old timers remember this stuff, and they remember when Mountain Ambulance Squad showed up. And they said, hey, this guy, he was skiing down the hill, and he completely blew out his ACL. So Massive knee injury. But he's alive, you know, he he's totally fine. But he's probably not going <laughs> to. He may never walk again. He may walk with a cane. It's a pretty serious injury. Now, the people at the ski rental store, they wanted to test the boots to see was there something defective about the boots that could have caused that injury. And they did. They tested the boots out, and there was no structural flaw. There was no breaking of the boot. The boot was perfectly fine. In fact, if you wanted to, you could rent the boot out again. But they figured this boot was cursed. I mean, at this point, what else could you think? This boot is probably cursed. Anyone who has this boot on, something bad's going to happen to him. But they start to think that there's something wrong with these boots like not not structurally we tested that but you had a man dying them they were stuck on his feet for months and now you have another guy freak accident blows out his knee now they're sitting back here and the boss is like put him in the sump pile put him in the sump pile i don't want to hear nothing about curses or anything like that i just want to hear about money i want to hear about coins falling in my money bin so they put the boots back in the sump pile and they're like, okay, this just has to be a weird coincidence, right? It totally has to be weird. The next year, now Greg is working at the rental store. Greg's here now. And a young woman walks in with the boots. Thump puts them on the counter and she's like, I'm sorry, we I know we were supposed to return these yesterday. But we couldn't. We couldn't return to them. My boyfriend rented these boots from you yesterday. Along with some other gear. And we were up there skiing on the mountain. And then for whatever reason, he decided... (laughs) This is kind of hilarious. He skis down a mountain, apparently. But then halfway down or something, he decides to take take a toboggan the rest of the way. He decided to... Take off his skis and toboggan down a mountain and got in an accident. So, Mountain Squad had to come and help him out. But we didn't, you know, things were just too crazy. So, we didn't return his gear. But here you go. I hope it's not too much of a cost to have him for an extra day. And Greg's just like, oh, yeah, you know, sometimes it happens people get injured and he's just processing it as a normal return. But his coworker. After the young woman leaves, the co-worker tells Greg those aren't any ordinary boots. These boots have a history. And then he tells Greg the story of the boots. Cursed items. Cursed items, cursed objects, not only are they a mainstay of the world of the paranormal, they're honestly a mainstay of world religions. Most major religions talk about curses and cursed items and protection from curses. It is pretty much a given in those contexts, in a religious context and in a paranormal context. So it's not out of the ordinary to have an object which could be cursed. Just yesterday we talked about a possibly haunted statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And if that can happen, definitely some ski boots that came off a factory assembly line could be cursed. But what I love about the story, and Ampus Allen, thanks for sending it over, what I love about this story is that it also shows us something that I think we have all kind of believed anyways, is that curses diminish over time. And that's a really interesting thing because it makes it more believable. It makes it more believable. If when you went outside, you saw a caveman ghost. That that would be proof that ghosts exist anyways. But the big question is, how come we don't see ghosts pre- say, late, late Roman era, Renaissance era, even that's actually pretty old. How come we don't normally see ghosts that predate Elizabethan times or Native American times in America? And the answer is, is because whatever is causing the ghostly activity diminishes over time. Cause here's the thing, because we know just in the real world, forget the world of the paranormal, we know energy dissipates over time. We That is just a scientific fact. Things wear out. So if cursed items, if something was cursed in 200 BC and it's still cursed today, well then it seems more like it's an urban legend, right? It would seem less believable because now it's actually disobeying the laws of thermodynamics. I know, I know, I might be losing the plot on this one, but you know what I mean? Like, It makes sense that a curse would diminish because everything diminishes over time. Suns burn out. So if you had curses that could potentially last longer than the universe, then it does seem more ridiculous, if that makes sense. The fact that it's also obeying laws that we know govern real-world things. If you bounce a ball on the ground, it will only bounce so many times by itself until it stops bouncing, until all that energy is dissipated and the bounces get smaller and smaller and then it starts rolling around. That's a scientific fact. So the fact that you could have these boots that we don't... Again, we don't know the origin of these boots. And again, this story could totally be made up. This could have been creepypasta. Someone posted online and if that's the case it's Ampus Allen's fault for sending it to me no just joking that it could be fake right this whole story could be fake but assuming it's true we don't know who had the boots before the dead man we don't know if the dead man cursed the boots because i have two theories one that the boots were cursed and that's what killed the man in the first place there was some sort of curse like someone could have been wearing those boots and they got their heart broken right Their girlfriend broke up with them. They're like, are you sure you want to leave me? Look at these great boots I have. You can't leave a man in ski boots like this. And she's like, it's over, Johnny. You have that possibility. You have the possibility that the boots were cursed and they killed the man. They cursed the man, would probably be a better way to put it. They cursed the man, the first man, who skied off a cliff and died. And then the second person who got the boots the energy was less than it was before. And so when he had the boots on, he suffered a very serious injury, but he didn't die. And then when the third man had the boots on, the energy is even less, so he doesn't die. He doesn't even have a serious injury. He just has a minor injury that makes him look like a buffoon, and his girlfriend has to turn in his ski gear because he can't do it himself. We have that possibility. We also have the possibility that the curse started with the first man who died in them. He was skiing down. He skied off a cliff. He did get disoriented. It wasn't super spooky fog. It was just regular fog. He couldn't see where he was going. He skied off a cliff. He died. Did he die instantly? I mean, let's get grim, right? Did he die instantly, or was he laying at the bottom of that cliff? Freezing to death. And his energy, like, as he's laying there in in agony, freezing to death isn't actually that bad of a way to go, but (laughs) as he's he's blissfully dying, as he's freezing to death, and who knows what his last regrets were, who knows what was going through his mind, basically his energy goes into the gear that he has. And so the next person who gets those boots gets pretty seriously injured. And the person after that, it's a minor injury. And then after that, you know, this is one of those stories that, let's say they rented him out again the next year, because it just gets so busy they got to rent him out. Anything that happened to that guy in those boots who rents him out the next year, anything, a hangnail, his cat runs away, like at that point it does start to go in urban legend territory. Any bad thing that happens to him, the ski rental staff will attribute to the curse of the boots. But it would definitely diminish over time. Or at least that's what it looks like. It diminishes each time you wear the boots. But it's a fascinating story because it does make us take a look at curses. And yes, they most likely do diminish over time. But even if you believed that, which I do. And this is a cool story because it, it's something that I personally believe, right? Even if you did believe that would you ski in those boots would you take that chance this is the thing like i buy haunted dolls all the time haunted paintings and stuff like that but i don't take them i don't take them at the top of mountains and go down as fast as i can that's where these boots were designed for would you rent these boots to go skiing would you specify (laughs) i want the boots with the most human flesh. Still attached to them. They cleaned the flesh off. It wasn't that other people were checking these out and they're like, "Oh, hey, what's that smell? Ah, whatever, I'll go skiing. They cleaned them out as best as they could, but would you wear boots that a dead man wore when he died? Ski boots. Cowboy boots would be kind of dope. Like if someone's like, Jesse James died in these boots. He was shot right in the belly. He was wearing these boots. I'd be like, I'd be like, let me try, <laughs> let me try one. I would. But, I wouldn't then go, take me to your highest peak, sir. Take me to the highest point in this western town. I want to see how fast I can go down it. Like, there's a certain point where you are just asking for it. You're just asking for it. But the people who were renting these boots out, they weren't asking for it. They were almost just guinea pigs. Let's see what happens when we put these boots on. These After the second, after the second person got seriously injured, they should have gotten rid of them. Whether you believed in curses or not. It's just bad business. It's bad business to have items that may or may not be crippling people or killing them for life. But the third person just fell off a toboggan. An interesting story. And I really like it when we can look at the world of science and compare that to the world of the paranormal. I do believe curses dissipate over time. But even believing that, no. I would not put these boots on under any circumstance. I would not put these boots on. And go skiing or tobogganing or even just running down the mountain. Because while I do believe that curses dissipate over time, it's just a theory. DeadRabbitRadioGmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at Facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio.com dead Rapper radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast you don't have to listen to it every day but i'm glad you listened to it today You love podcasts. The stories, the laughs, the unexpected turns. But when this episode ends, the silence starts. Not anymore. Audiobooks.com turns that silence into your next great adventure. With over 450,000 titles, from bestsellers to hidden gems, your love for listening just found its new best friend. And because you already know the joy of audio, we're giving you three free audiobooks to start your journey. Imagine your favorite podcast, now with unlimited episodes. That's Audiobooks.com. Keep the story going. Sign up for your free trial at Audiobooks.com slash podcast free today. Because for podcast lovers like you, the end of an episode is just the beginning. That's Audiobooks.com slash podcast F-R-E-E.